listening to Bible Study Wednesday, September the 18th, in the year of our Lord, 2019. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we like to take a look at a lesson from the Bible for Bible Study Wednesday, and we're going to be taking a look at 2 Chronicles chapter 28. 2 Chronicles chapter 28. It's easy to find. You just go to 1 Chronicles, and it's the book after that. Oh, well, the books before that are 1 and 2 Kings, 1 and 2 Samuel. So it's at the beginning of the Old Testament, 2 Chronicles chapter 28. The point I'm going to be making here is that when you hear a sermon on Sunday, you often wonder how much time did it take for the pastor to prepare that sermon? When I was at the seminary, I had, of course, a number of them with Dr. Martin Charlemagne, and he often would say that for every minute you preach, it could be about an hour in study. And so if you're preaching for 10 minutes, say, it could take up to 10 hours of study. Now, how can you do 10 hours of study on a Bible passage? He had 15 steps that you would go through. And, of course, those steps included uh, taking a look at the original languages, either Hebrew in the Old Testament or Greek in the New Testament and so forth. Well, I preached on this at the International Center, and I preached on it for 10 minutes, but it was probably one of the sermons that I had to spend more time on than usual in finding what I was going to talk about. It just was, when I saw it, and said, what is this going to be to those who are in a congregation? So... It's chapter 28, although the sermon really began with uh, verse, let me see, yes, verse 8. But we're going to give you a little background, first of all. Chapter 28 talks about Ahaz was 20 years old when he began to reign as king, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. Now, at this time, the nation of Israel was divided into two camps. You had Israel, the northern tribes, and you had Judah, the southern part of Israel, including Jerusalem. Now, Ahaz was considered by God, if you take a look at verse 2, and he did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord, as his father David had done. So, he even made various idols. Now, the father before him, namely King Joham, he reigned in Judah before Ahaz. And what it says about him If you take a look at verse 2, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Whereas Ahaz, in chapter 28, verse 2, he did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. 
we have to wait till Hezekiah comes along for another king to do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. But the majority of the kings, both in Israel and Judah, did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. So, what happened? The Lord, of course, if you take a look at verse 5 of chapter 28, God gave him into the hands of the king of Syria, who defeated him and took captive a great number of his people and brought them to Damascus. So, God is using both Syria and Israel to discipline Judah. That's what's happening here. And so we begin with verse 8. The men of Israel, that's the northern kingdom, took captive 200,000 of their relatives, women, sons, and daughters. Now, it's very important, one word there, of their relatives. When there was this war between Israel and Judah, it was kind of like the civil war in the United States, where you had some states against other states. And that's who they had taken captive, women's sons and daughters, they were relatives of those in Israel because they were Jews. And they also took much spoil from them and brought the spoil to Samaria. Now, that was a common practice in war that the victorious army would take the riches of the defeated army and bring it to Samaria. Now, one would imagine that God was pleased with Israel and Syria doing their work of disciplining Judah. But guess what? God was not pleased. Why wasn't he pleased? They were obeying his command. And that's where we begin with verse 9. A prophet of the Lord was there whose name was Oded. Now, how many of you have ever heard of Oded? No, it's not a very popular prophet in the sense of everybody knowing him. But the Lord would use individuals and send messages. Every congregation that has a pastor, therefore has a prophet from the Lord. And he is to tell people the word of the Lord. Now, false prophets tell people what they are dreaming about, what they are imagining, not what the Lord is saying. But this Oded was a proper prophet. And he went out to meet the army that came to Samaria and said to them, Behold, because the Lord, the God of your fathers, was angry with Judah, because, wow, was he angry with Judah. King Ahaz was a horrible king. He actually burned his children as a sacrifice. And he did other things, such as set up false gods. In fact, why would he do that? Well, Ahaz worshipped the other gods because his enemies were successful, even though they were worshipping false gods. So he says, 
because the gods of the kings of Syria help them, I will sacrifice to them that they may help me. Now, this is definitely a theologian of glory who's looking at his experience to decide which God he should follow. Syria was victorious over him. Well, let's start worshiping their gods, and maybe they will end up helping me. So Odad says, yes, the Lord God was angry with Judah. He gave them into your hand. Now, that's important. This idea that the soldiers are probably who are victorious are thinking, wow, we are so righteous in the eyes of God that uh, God must be pleased with us because we obeyed him. But God makes a point. No, 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 no. (laughs) You did not defeat them. I gave them into your hand. But then he goes on, the prophet, in verse 9. But you have killed them in a rage that has reached up to heaven. Now, the word rage is the English translation, of course. But um, it actually means storming indignation. So the victorious soldiers, they defeat an enemy, but in storming indignation, they began to treat them improperly. By the way, we have those kind of rules even here in the United States. For example, it's quite one thing to imprison radical Muslims who are trying to kill us. But as some soldiers found out, it's quite another thing to ridicule their religion when they are imprisoned or force them to practice belittling behavior. And those soldiers got in trouble for doing that. Remember during World War I, World War II, and other wars, when enemy soldiers were captured who also were injured or wounded, guess who helped them out? American nurses. They actually helped them out. So they didn't have this kind of rage that Israel had over Judah. And God continues in verse 10, explaining the rage they had that was inappropriate. Now you intend to subjugate the people of Judah and Jerusalem, male and female, as your slaves. Have you not sins of your own against the Lord your God? Now hear me and send back the captives from your relatives whom you have taken. For the fierce wrath of the Lord is upon you. Even during the Civil War, it was inappropriate, say the North had won in a battle, to torture and belittle and really make fun of the Southern soldiers. No, there's a proper way in which you take care of prisoners. Then in verse 12 There were certain chiefs, also the men of Ephraim, and then they are named. And they stood up against those who were coming from the war and said to them, now listen to verse 13, you shall not bring the captives in here, for you propose to bring upon us guilt 
against the Lord in addition to our present sins and guilt. See, that's what Odad was saying. Don't you have enough sins that you need to be worried about without mistreating the victims that you have defeated? So, they don't want these various leaders of Ephraim to have the people be brought in the way they were treated. For our guilt is already great, and there is fierce wrath against Israel. Now see, Israel and Syria were the two that God used to discipline Judah, but now he's angry at them. It's kind of like in a congregation. I've been involved in some court cases within the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and one I remember where a pastor decided to excommunicate six people because they were hanging around someone who he thought was a false teacher. They'd invite them over to the house. They were friends with them, going on trips together. So he excommunicated them. Well, we took that to the synodical court, and after two and a half years, we won the case, and the congregation had to repent of how they had dealt with these individuals. So it's just not in war, but it's also in congregations where delinquents could be treated inappropriately. I'm not opposed to excommunication, but it needs to be done, first of all, on the basis of a sin that is truly a sin and there is no repentance. And these people didn't sin. I mean, if you're going to be excommunicated because you can't hang around somebody who is a false teacher, then you can go grocery shopping because a lot of the people that are taking your money at the cash register uh, do not have true teaching. You, you couldn't hardly do anything in this world. So at any rate, they are not to bring the captives to us. So what happens in verse 14? So the armed men left the captives and the spoil before the princes and all the assembly. So here's these soldiers who were mistreating the prisoners, and they took the spoil that they had stolen, and they put it in front of these individuals who said, you will not bring them into our place. And then those individuals who had declared that, they rose, look at verse 15. They took the captives, and with the spoil, they clothed all who were naked among them. They clothed them, gave them sandals, provided them with food and drink, and anointed them, and carrying all the feeble among them on donkeys. They brought them to their kinsfolk, those are their relatives, at Jericho, the city of palm trees. Then they returned to Samaria. So, how are you going to preach that to a congregation? Because we don't really have prisoners in the congregation that we mistreat. But there's something here in Second Chronicles 28 that I think is really important. 
And that's a description of God. A description of God that cannot be found in any other religion in the world. What kind of description is this? It's a description of a God who is merciful, even against those who are wounding him. Who forgets the words of Jesus himself from the cross toward those who pierced him with thorns, nail, and spear? Remember what Jesus said? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. And and that kind of attitude continued with his disciples. Stephen also, while he is being stoned, said similar words. So the apostles and early Christians often prayed for their persecutors. What we have here in Second Chronicles 28 is a true God who does use the law in disciplining us, just like faithful parents. Remember, God says, If parents do not discipline their children, they hate their children. But there's a purpose in using the judgment of the law because it's always followed, as did John the baptizer, by being the forerunner of the gospel. First law, then gospel. It's kind of like going to see a doctor and you're not feeling well, and all he says is, Well, take this medicine and doesn't tell you what's wrong with you. You have to have diagnosis in order that you would know what treatment is necessary. Now, there's a hymn in our hymnal. It's called Lord of All Nations, Grant Me Grace. And we sang it after I had done the sermon Because I was saying to them that it really is parallel to Jeremiah 28. It says, Lord of all nations, grant me grace to love all people, every race. And in each person may I see my kindred, that's relatives, loved, redeemed by thee. See, the New Testament makes clear what is also found in the Old Testament, that salvation comes not only to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. Verse 2, break down the wall that would divide thy children, Lord, on every side. My neighbor's good let me pursue. Let Christian love bind warm and true. Now, we don't love the neighbor as we should because we're sinners, And it's really hard to change our behavior. That's why we need forgiveness. And that's where verse 3 comes in. Forgive me, Lord, where I have erred by loveless act and thoughtless word. Make me to see the wrong I do will grieve my wounded Lord anew. That's really kind of important. Verse 4. Give me thy courage, Lord, to speak whenever strong oppress the weak. Isn't that really 
what was happening in Second Chronicles 28. The victorious strong were oppressing the weak beyond what God intended. Should I myself the victim be, help me forgive, remembering thee. And then the final verse, with thine own love may I be filled, and by thy Holy Spirit willed, that all I touch wherever I be may be divinely touched by thee. What does that mean? Well, Matthew 25, the sheep can't remember all those times that they were doing things for Jesus. And what does Jesus say after listening? You visited me in prison. You gave me food. You gave me drink. Whatever you did to the least of these, my brothers, you did unto me. So I, I believe that Second Chronicles 28 and God's attitude uh, towards those who obeyed him and disciplined Judah was correct when they went beyond the command of the Lord to belittle the prisoners and steal all their spoil, etc. They also destroyed villages and all. And it gives us an insight into God. Every other God is just a God of justice. You do something wrong, he will really punish and destroy you because you get what you deserve. But only the Christian God is a God of mercy, which means you do not get what you deserve. And then he is a God of grace in that he gives you the forgiveness of sins, which you do not deserve. And that forgiveness of sins means you're no longer held accountable for your sin. Jesus was held accountable for your sin. So I believe there's a lot that a pastor can preach on in this various text, Second Chronicles 28, because it reveals the true God. So just obeying his commandment, don't think that that's sufficient. One needs to have not only the right motivation, but also one needs to have an understanding of what not to go beyond, beyond the commandment, where now you're making God angry at you. Now, we know that God did this, and there was a remnant that was saved in Judah. Judah, of course, their main capital was Jerusalem. But by the time Jesus came on earth, there were many in Jerusalem, particularly the religious leaders, who had a false notion and would not be taking care of the poor, the lame, the blind, because they were being punished by God for some sin that they had done. And see, they were not, therefore, loving the neighbor as thyself. And we see that throughout the ministry of Jesus, including, finally, from Jesus, his own words, that many a time he shows how the unbelieving Pharisees and scribes would look down on sinners and tax collectors and others because they thought they were a lot better since they obeyed 
the ceremonial law, which, of course, saved no one. So, even in the Old Testament, we get that picture of Jesus, a merciful and gracious God, who, though he will use the law to discipline us, to make us better disciples, he always follows it up with the gospel. So, on tomorrow's uh, program, yeah, I was trying to think of what we're doing tomorrow, we're going to be talking about people who say, I'm sinning from your point of view, but I'm not sinning because God created me this way. How do you respond to people who use that argument? Join myself, Tom Baker, and Wes Reimnitz as we talk about that tomorrow. God bless. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.